Hey there, Internet. I can't know for sure, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that you woke up this morning thinking, hey, if only there was a place I could hear a bunch of cool people talk about video games. Well, then we've got a show for you. From developer interviews to casual conversation, from exciting indie titles to fresh takes on your favorite games, this is the Gamers with Glasses Podcast. Hey friends, this is Gamers with Glasses episode 21 of our podcast. We're going to be gently discussing Elden Ring today. I'm Don Everhart. With me is Roger Whitson. Oh my god. Oh god. No. And Christian Haynes. Hi folks. So good to have you all with us to discuss this game in a calm and relaxed manner, creating a very calm, quiet space with no lurking skeletons, dragons, six-armed monstrosities that psychically summon weapons. So pleasant. How are you? No, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I don't think you're, you're done. No, no, no. Okay. I can get this up for as long as necessary, Roger. This, this is a, you know, we could have this as a reward. This is something that I could do on our Twitch channel. Well, we, we could do that too. <laughs> keep your eyes peeled for our eventual Patreon launch when COVID does not continue to inflict its various forms of psychic and physical harm on us. Uh, do you remember when Wait Wait Don't Tell Me had like if you won you would get like the guy's voice on your answering machine? They or still do. Like they that? still do that. They we still need to record that. me eating an apple as like in like a, some tier Patreon thing. Yeah, or I know what I could do is I could take the sound. This is way too ambitious, uh, and I'm going to be tempted to follow through with it. I could take the sound of you crunching on an apple and put it into a DAW. And then build build a new theme song out of Apple Crunch noises that if I feed them through MIDI, they'll all come through different. I, I, I wish our listeners could see Roger's eyes as they progressively in widened in glee. I believe in this project. <laughs> I absolutely believe in this project. And I stopped recording about five minutes ago. Uh... <laughs> Probably right. That was the right choice. I like how especially you tried to work in a Patreon plug there. And we've already like, I think what we did with this episode so far is this is a rewards tier. (laughs) If enough Patreon subscribers sign up, we won't record as many podcasts as people like exclusively in this calm, calming presence. Yes, so nice every episode. Every, every episode. episode. 
This is it. This for is the rest here. of the time that you do gamers with glasses, Don. Will they be, make uh, it? It'll be my pleasure. Certain, yeah. So clearly, Miyazaki's a hack. <laughs> what a transition. What a transition. I, I think that that much is obvious. Uh, and that the celebrity worship associated with Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R.R. R. Martin is giving credit to two people where it is due across an entire studio of, of wonderful designers, artists, and musicians uh, in the production of this fantastic game. I just no, wish it's the just game his was, fault. I, I just <laughs> wish the game wasn't so boring. Like, it's so boring. It goes so slowly and... It's just like, uh, 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 God. I just wish I had the Elden Ring. Like it seems. Like, <laughs> I want it too. It seems like what this really do? important item, and I can't find it anywhere. I be- I looked at all the buildings and behind some trees, and there was just no Elden Ring to be found anywhere in this game. I don't know why they called it that. Okay, let's One talk about that- the fact this is a game in which you could accidentally skip the tutorial. <laughs> that yeah, is i think I where we should time. start i did the first time the other thing i want to mention does anyone like and maybe i've already said this and y'all have like schooled me i'm not sure but does anyone actually use the button where you jump back a little bit the jump back button isn't that just you know circle but if you're not moving the yeah. stick yeah no i always roll backwards yeah i never use that i've been killed so many times because i've like jumped back into like oblivion oh right <laughs> but i never i've never said like oh this is actually a situation in which i should just jump back and so like i don't understand why across four souls games they are so adamant about having this move in the move set like they just love it and i don't get it it would be useful maybe if i used it i don't know i'm just the way i've always played is that you roll like I'm already backpedaling, right? And then hitting circle, well, circle for me is is a way to get away faster. And so since I'm already backpedaling, I, I roll. But I did appreciate though, I was fighting something today where I was backpedaling really pretty quickly. Um, and- Off the cliff. No, because what happened was my character actually, once I backpedaled far enough away from the big thing, turned around and and- on on his own and was going like straight at me and that's something that's never happened all all the other games that you've been locked on you fall off backwards this is the most interesting part of the game i'm glad we got into this first also i just want to mention that whenever people talk about miyazaki half of the time i kind of fantasize that he's the same miyazaki that did my neighbor totoro yeah and and (laughs) i just love it i just love thinking that I, I think about that too. <laughs> I'm surprised that there aren't more Totoro styled monsters whose jaws open super wide and then chomp you in that the Souls games in general. I, yeah. I like mean, the honestly. Cat bus that like runs you over. Yeah. Cat bus yeah. That, there's a lot of potential here. Uh, and they do draw from similar sources of inspiration. All right. But I want the actual cat bus mm-hmm. in Elden mm-hmm. Ring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also want it to see... pick me up. Some yes, I, I the is fast travel is cat bus. Yeah. We can we can head cannon now that fast travel is cat bus. I think we can just make that happen in our minds since there's not really an animation 
or anything for it. I am, okay, no, this maybe is my real favorite thing so far. I am in love with Torrent. Like that, that is maybe one speaking of my- Speaking of Miyazaki, speaking of Miyazaki. Right, right. Favorite animal companion possibly in, uh, uh, de definitely up there. And not just because I'm excited about this game. Torrent is just like aesthetically, perfect and also just a very very good boy i don't know he might a torrent might not even canonically be a boy we don't have to assume that torrent's a boy but every animal could be a good boy and i think that torrent is very very good i prefer aggro from uh shadow of the colossus i, do I think that's aggro. i think that's a better horse yeah you know all i care about is a double jump but but yes torrent has a double jump and that is yeah absolutely fantastic that was actually my two big cliff deaths one was i jumped into one of those fly things like the spring things that you jump into and it wafts the pony way up in the air and i didn't aim where i was going to land and so i actually flew off like down a crevasse and uh and died and then my other one was i thought and maybe i just did it wrong but my idea was okay I'm going to jump off this cliff and then I'm going to double jump right before I hit the ground so that I don't, you know, and, and when I tried it, it didn't work, but I, don't I might think have, that works. I, 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 I deliberately I tried do it that. like all the time. I do it all the time. It works really? for you. Yeah. I have tried and I like did not get it to work. A, fall down a cliff. That's really high. And then you double jump kind of at the end so that you're you kind of break your fall. Is that what you're, you're talking, talking about? about like yeah. jumping sheer drop? Huh. Yep. Well, Roger's special. Torrent loves Roger more than he loves yep. the rest of us. It but doesn't that... matter how much you profess your love for that spectral steed, Nate. It will always love Roger more than you. <laughs> That's what I've come to accept. That's what I have. In the come. last 60 seconds. <laughs> that was a quick process. After, after mourning my, the loss of Torrent for 50 seconds, I've finally come to accept I've, it. I've arrived. <laughs> but, but this game does have, uh, you know, an effect of, of helping you get over things quickly. <laughs> yes. So I have a serious question. Does this game, do you feel like the use of the open world in this game, do you think it works with the Dark Souls uh, sort of formula? Well, is that the theme of the episode? Did we just introduce the episode? By the way, today's episode is about Elden Ring, the latest game from From Software, known for the Dark Souls franchise. And Elden Ring, From Soft has taken their previous formula of closed, claustrophobic worlds that spiral back on one another and introduced broad, open, flowery fields and crafting. I think that's an accurate summary. You know, I, I think, you know, j just so that everyone is up to speed. Uh, and, and now, Roger, now your question makes sense. You're welcome. I mean, I, you know, I, of us, you know, I'll just establish that I have the, the least bona fide, the least cred. Uh, I have played most of the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne. And in each of them, I have beat a boss or two. In the case of Bloodborne, maybe three or four. And uh, Dark Souls 1, probably three or four, maybe even more. And just stop usually 
at some kind of midpoint. Um, and there is definitely something about this game that I don't necessarily expect that I'll finish it, but it won't surprise me if I get like 90% of the way through and hit a wall. I think my tolerance for some of the things and my tolerance of repetition will be alleviated by the fact that if I do hit a wall, I will be able to wander around and there will always be something uh, waiting for me in that open world that I have not yet discovered, not least because I have no intention to do like a thorough caning and rinsing of like everything. I'm not going to like rinse the whole first area or anything. There will always be stuff that I've not hit. So for me, that works, right? Um, yeah. So that's interesting the way that you characterize that because it makes like there's a certain obsessive quality to the pleasure of a Dark Souls game, I think, in the sense that like you keep going after the same bosses you are in these, they are enclosed. They're like kind of like crazy labyrinths that are, you know, that the development team kind of sets up in order to have this contained, it's a very contained experience. It's almost like an experience of being contained. Um, and like the open world, you have that maybe in some of the dungeons, but it's not at all the same kind of like experience in that sense. I feel like they've uh, experimented a bit with more open areas previously. And, and this is a thing I feel like a lot of more linear game design studios uh, have done in the last decade or so, where usually if they've done a lot of things where it's like, oh, this, you know, map wise is just a corridor, but we've spiced it up by making the path bend here and there or double back and we have this, this lush graphics surrounding it so you don't feel as much like you're just in a single hallway uh and then after a game or two of that they think well what if we introduce some some larger areas where you can sort of run around in there and, and you know you don't feel quite so claustrophobic but we're only going to put them in one or two places um and, and they did that a bit in the first dark souls with the extra content for it with the expansion or downloadable content uh, of it for ulusil village and you go into this forest area surrounding the past of uh the dark souls setting in that uh initial entry into that name to franchise um and i feel like that was from soft thinking, okay, so you want more directions that you could go in to explore things and, and our small little forest area wasn't enough for you. How about this? And now we have Elden Ring and it's, it, to a degree, it does feel like, well, how about that? But it just gets bigger and there's more. And inside of the field, there's more places to go and more, you know, tunnels to go into and dungeons and caves and ruins and all of that. Uh, and that's all interspersed. And, you know, oh, by the way, there's also these other areas that, you know, you can warp into or walk into or take an elevator into. Uh, and those are going to be more contained. So to me, that that feels almost like a, a very logical expansion of a lot of their previous efforts in the souls games. They they've had areas like this before. And now the area is the whole game and it's the other bits of it, the castles, uh, the neighborhoods, the villages that are the spots of interest that dot their big open field. I was 
so I had the big moment because open world games always need to start in an enclosed space and then poop you out somewhere, right? So you can go, ah, you know, and, and angels could sing and whatever as you gasp at the vista for the first time. And I like those moments and I absolutely gasped at the vista. I definitely took a screenshot as I'm sure many did like that first kind of step out of the cave into the light. But I was almost immediately irritated and not irritated as like a, not a, I mean, I've played a whole bunch of FromSoft games before. It's not like a, that kind of, I'm, I'm irritated because I'm dying a lot. It was more that, especially early on in the game, which all of these games do, my options were to run into, like, explore, explore, explore. Here's the thing I cannot possibly kill right now, right? And, and that was basically my whole experience for the first, like, two hours of the game, wandering the map. I mean, like, oh, here's a new thing I definitely can't kill right now. Here's something else I clearly am not supposed to be able to kill right now and couldn't, like, even if I wanted to. And I guess I found that I had been kind of taking a sense of comfort from the more linear setup of the uh, Souls games. And especially, actually, especially Bloodborne is the one that comes to mind that takes place in the city and you're navigating ladders and corridors and elevators and stuff the whole time, or almost the whole time, because there's a forest in there too. Um, but I found myself, rather than having the comfort of running into one big obstacle, like uh, Father Gascoigne, for example, in Bloodborne, running into one big obstacle and knowing, okay, this is the big obstacle. This is the thing I'm going to need to go back and grind a whole bunch before I'm going to be able to get past this. This is the point, right? This is the point that the choke point that I need to go back and figure everything out. I felt like I was in the middle of this giant map surrounded by just this huge colossal group of choke points. And I had no idea like how to even kind of orient myself or approach it. And the more I played, the more I figured it out. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, the difficulty curve is actually, I think, meaningfully different in this one, the way it plays out. It's like that quote, uh, I don't know, I posted it to our Slack channel where uh, the tweet that says, uh, Elden Ring is just basically, you came to the wrong neighborhood, motherfucker, if it were a game. <laughs> <laughs> just over and over again. But, oh, can we talk about this? My suspicion is that I may have chosen a more difficult starting class. And I am really curious what starting class you all decided to go with. Can we have a starting class reveal party, please? <laughs> Nate, what now was that's how you kick off a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you Nate, cut everything before this. <laughs> I'm deleting everything else. You started with that. I, this you was my idea and I'm not going first. Roger, you go first. All right. Whatever. If it's your idea, you have to go first. No. Especially if it's a reveal. I picked the astrologer <laughs> because I've never used magic in a Dark Souls game, not even a single instance. Um, in fact, I've never used a ranged weapon in a Dark Souls game. Uh, no, I did not 
shoot an arrow and knock that dragon's tail off. No. I just didn't bother. Don't care. Um, but I'm it using It gives magic. you a really great weapon. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> You're better off without it. Exactly. I never figured out how to first person aim with bows in any Souls game, just by yeah. the way. So I am an astrologer and I am cheesing everything I can using magic. Magic's uh, pretty great in this, I, as, I, as I've heard in this game. Yeah, I mean, so far, I think it's pretty great. I, um, you know, I've only got a, I've got a more than the initial starting spells now. I, I did open up some extra spells uh, and some extra training, and I'm dumping some points into intelligence to bump up the uh, pain I inflict upon others. Yeah. I'm also still dropping some points into my strength and, to, you know, take advantage of using a short sword because I'm, you know, you find yourself running out of health, uh, not health, uh, you know, whatever the equivalent of MP here is, um, the magic power. Uh, and I, I'm pretty happy with it. I can't help but have this like worrying, tugging at the back of my mind that there might be some point where I hit a wall and suspect that part of why I hit that wall is that relying on magic's no longer working which is maybe why I'm still dumping some points in the strength. Uh, but, I, but I'm but i appreciating the class. I like my outfit, which is just yeah. like standard, like cultist look. Um, that's a robe and hood. Um, yeah, so that's my starting class. I mean, I think the warning would be, which I'm sure Roger and Don are thinking about too, is that every FromSoft game has a section that is dedicated to making your life difficult based on what attribute you lean most heavily into. That makes sense. And so I don't like, I don't think there's going to be a point where just like the whole rest of the game is unavailable to you because you're a magic yeah. user, but there is going to be a part, like there's a part I got stuck on in dark souls two forever because there were a whole bunch of other magic users and I was very melee heavy character and i didn't even have armor that was good for blocking you know magic and even though i was fairly strong i kept getting killed over and over and over again not because it was necessarily super hard per se but because it was a point that was designed to make you know my fairly straightforward build like diversify i guess that's the shrine of whatever yeah. With the water. I hate that level. That so sucks so There's bad. There's a really oh similar gosh. spot in oh, water. You fall down the water and you <laughs> die. Yeah. It's okay. Um, did you really start off as a wretch? Oh, hell yes. I started off. Oh, as you're a one wretch. of those. Don's one of those who always. Okay. I'll make sure you explain what a wretch is. So, so every Souls game has a class whether it's called deprived or wretch or whatever. And it's the class that gives you nothing. Good day, sir. You start at level one. You have no stats that are above a 10. You have no items except a club. You have no armor. That's it. Undies. Yeah. Well, you, undies. You get, you get a loincloth <laughs> and a club. And you ungabunga your way up the ladder <laughs> into whatever suits your fancy, which is actually the best reason to play as a retro deprived is yes. instead of starting off and being like, oh, I've got like these tools for the job and maybe I'll use magic for a while and see how far it takes me. 
Uh, instead, you get to be very freely improvisational in your approach to the game, and you, you see something, you find it, you obviously can't use it because you're a wretch and you have nothing. And then you think, well, all right, I'll just aim my stats into that thing that I found that I want to use. And then you become whatever it is you want to become. Uh, blank slate approach is great uh, for this kind of experience, in, in my opinion. Um, and also, it's really, really funny for the opening cutscenes um, because, like, <laughs> it's like arise, you majestic whatever, and you're just like this you're the fucked up little dude in a loincloth. Nice. <laughs> All of this like very florid prose, and then like on screen, it's just like I'm just a goblin. <laughs> Roger, what are you starting off as? I was boring. I'm I'm a knight. I went for the night class. Um, I just, I'm such a melee person. I love yeah. melee. I tried, I tried samurai for a little bit, but got kind of weirded. I mean, it's fine. I just hate those little buckler. I guess you can parry with them very well, but um, yeah, I just did that. And um, I'm done pretty well. I think right now I have this giant hammer nice. thing that just knocks people off. And I have, uh, I have a, the double blade. Have you gotten the the island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited, and I put like some blood gem on. What is it? The ashes of war. Yeah, yeah. that's what they're called. Um, I I put bleed on it, and so I'm having some fun with with bleed right now, um, which is pretty nice. fun in this game. I mean, actually, bleed's one of those things where because this is an open world game. It could be more powerful, right? Because yeah. you can you've got your lesson closed, so you can literally trail the enemies around while they're bleeding out. Right. That's true. That's yeah, true. So a lot of good opportunities for that. Nate, are you a samurai? No, I thought about it. I I so I decided that I wanted to do something that I wouldn't normally do, something I've never done in one of these games before, which was try a church-based class. Oh, um, yeah. I, I mean, in a manner of speaking, everyone in Bloodborne is a church based class, but that that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the so and I'm trying I'm actually having I couldn't go first because I can't remember what it's called and I still can't remember what it's called, but it's like intelligencer or something like that. It's not the prophet. It's it not professor. It's something like that. It's it's the one that has like a black hood, not like monk robes, but dressed kind of badass. And what it's clearly designed for is like, you could do melee it's combat. Confessor. confessor, okay, okay. It's kind of a paladin, right? It's kind of a paladin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's, it's a paladin type um, situation. And at first I kind of thought it was a mistake because you don't start with spells that are all that necessarily good. The healing spell takes a fucking half an hour to cast um, and you're dead by the time you pulled it off. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and, um, and the starting weapon is also really bad and uh, doesn't what is really it? do very much damage. It's a little short sword. I think that's what I'm using. And uh, yeah, but with no additional like add-ins or anything. Anyway, I found it very annoying to, to try to get it to do what I wanted to do. And I thought, oh boy. And also 
it's one that starts you at a 12 in both strength and dexterity, which I thought would be cool because mm -hmm. I could pick which one I wanted to do, but it, I ended up just grinding forever and upping my strength because all the cool weapons and FromSoft games end up being strength weapons, yeah. weapons that, that look cool to me. Anyway, it has turned out to be really fun though, because what I found out that Elden Ring did was basically combine healing miracles, miracle type stuff from Dark Souls with pyromancy. And so nice. because I have access to the miracles, I also have access to my pyro and so i've been killing things with fire and i no longer regret my decision that's a good thing mm -hmm. yep elden ring mm -hmm. no regrets <laughs> so they like like i love a paladin character pyro spells pyro spells are miracles or this character can do both pyro and miracles so my the impression i have and obviously because it's Elden Ring and it's not Dark Souls 4 like everything else has some other name and like fine whatever but I what here here's the answer to that question I have learned the better healing spell and the fireball spell from the same NPC oh, so okay. Okay. they're grouped like under the same um, <coughs> heading and, and, that's and you cast really it cool. with the same item Yes. Right. You don't and have you like a separate pyro glove and a yes. talisman. They're both the yes. talisman. You cast it with the same item. And so that has been really fun. I have enjoyed that a lot because cool. it's a nice balance of ranged and melee. Um, so yeah, the church is treating me pretty well so far. No signs of a church. I guess there's a church, there's a church at the beginning where you meet that lady that gives you the shit. Yeah, the church of Ella. Yeah. I feel that, like that's what I meant. <laughs> I feel like with the rename. So here's my. I, I have a rant almost put together about about the renaming of the stuff, which I think is stupid. I yes. think they're like renaming souls, runes, renaming all of these things something else when they're effectively the same thing is dumb. They did this in previous, I think, from games, right? Um, is humanity called something different? Yeah, in Dark Souls 3. I don't remember. I mean, there were human effigies instead of your Estus flask. And that was in Dark Souls 2. No, not instead of the Estus flask, but it was a different thing. Anyway, yeah. Well, it's different Dark from Souls Demon 1... Souls to Dark Souls 2. Well, okay, so here's the thing. In Dark Souls, it's not, is it that different though? They have souls in, in Demon Souls, right? Yeah, but they don't have humanity. They, right, 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 right. is a Dark Souls system. Right, right, right. But I'm well, annoyed about this too. So tell me, tell confirm my feeling that it's bad. Yeah, in Dark Souls, <laughs> in Dark Souls, there those I I suspect that all of that stuff has a narrative reason. There's a reason why they're called different things, and it's because of the way that I think uh, the narrative progresses, where it becomes less and like basically Dark Souls is a trilogy about hope so slowly sort of fading out and you can see that in the game itself but you can also see it across all of the games um and which is why like in the third one you're like i thought they were about eating the rich oh well i missed that part <laughs> <Are they>? <laughs> <laughs> um but like uh so like if there is a if there might be some reason something i haven't discovered yet like narrative wise or anyone's discovered yet for why we have a system that is so like practically like Dark Souls, 
without any explanation as to why there are those changes between Dark Souls and this game. It's a very simple um, answer. Hmm. It's called producing a new IP. And it's been utterly successful. They've had more concurrent players in a single instance than most of their other games combined. It's this game is, I mean, I think this is a game that so many people are going to bounce off of after mm-hmm. playing for roughly two to three days. But this game invited more people to play like it than any of the other games. And I think when you see sales numbers, it's going to dwarf like probably Dark Souls 1, Demon Souls, and Dark Souls 2 yeah. like, combined, um, at mm-hmm. least within two years of their initial releases. And part of that is just leaving a bunch of what some people might view as baggage behind. And part of it is attaching a name that, you know, ends with Martin, even if you can't tell that he did anything for this project, um, you know, is really, I think, just looking for an excuse to not finish uh, a certain novel. Um, Yeah, I think it's, I think it's that simple. I do think there's, some narrative stuff I'm starting to see in the game for some of it. But in general, I, I've been playing this game more multiplayer than not because I love to play Souls games with multiplayer. And that's my favorite thing about Elden Ring so far is that I, I group up and we run around as bandits effectively and we just run through these places and stomp everything and take what we want and it's probably playing the game in a very different way you're a pillager uh, oh it's, it's it's wonderful and it and it seeps the <laughs> wretch down to the ground i just I, you know I, I get what i what i want and then i figure out if i want it or not and my friends are around to help and they're like astrologers and stuff so they're, t- they're throwing magic around or whatever they want and uh and we're doing that thing and in the meantime while playing especially communicating with buddies, there is no way that we're using the new terminology. No, there is, there's no yeah. way. Right. It's like, I'll meet you at the bonfire. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. I, uh, I dropped all my souls, uh, you know, this, that, the other thing, like, uh, are you, what are you playing? I'm playing a pyromancer. Like we're not using any of it because that would require adjustment to on our part to rename things that we already know the names for. Uh, and that Roger, like you pointed out, serve identical gameplay functions. Yep. There's some narrative differences. I think there's something with the touch of grace instead of the bonfire and the way that it creates a literal golden path, which is a almost parodic uh, thing on a goof on a game design uh technique especially in open world games you go uh, this way so you can get your butt stopped because there's no possible way you're gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs> right many bits of, of FromSoft saying oh you want an open world game like well we'll just use that for our signature from comedy uh and, and the things that you expect to do in an open world where everything nice will comedy. result in your destruction in hilarious ways you know ha- okay yeah go this way so a giant can kick you off a cliff uh a I plus. love that guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, with, with that, then as you go, there is starts to be like characters you meet and it's in the dialogue and they ask you about the grace and it's connected to the tree in the sky and the Elden Ring that's been shattered in the sky. There's a lot of stuff that's broken in the sky as per yeah. usual. 
uh, which also sounds like Dark Souls when you say it like that, uh, particularly Dark Souls 3, that's okay. Uh, and, and so in other words, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it isn't just a new coat of paint and that they are going to, they are doing something different with some of these aspects in story. But I'll also say that playing the game to have fun in the way that I like to just cause mayhem in these games with friends, there's no need for any of it. It is a coat of paint to us while we're running around being like, hey, here's a stagecoach being pulled by two giants. You want to do a stagecoach robbery? <laughs> yes, I want to do a stagecoach robbery with friends. It turns out that's something I've always wanted to do in a Souls game without even knowing it. And it's awesome. That is really good. And I, I mean, go for it. Well, okay. I just was thinking about how different my experience has been because I still just refuse on principle to pay for PlayStation Plus. I just, I'm so, I have been gated behind a paywall away from functional content, parts of games that I've already paid for that work just fine and the only reason i can't get to them is because sony famously famous industry paupers sony need <laughs> 60 dollars a year from me before they will ungate the parts of the games <laughs> that i've already paid for with money i've already spent oh it grinds my sausage. Um, Excuse me, Nate. We're going to need criticism. <laughs> Nate, we're going to need to take a break for our sponsored content. Uh, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by PlayStation. We wish. <laughs> yeah, we right. wish we had sponsored yeah. content. Um, maybe we just start talking about. <laughs> I don't we know. We need SponCon to pay the grad students. We'll yeah. make up sponsored content. <laughs> and then when they write us cease and desist letters, <laughs> we'll insist on being paid off. I don't know <laughs> if any of you listen to podcasts on like the Maximum Fun Network very much, but we've just got to start talking about like me undies and uh landscaping. That, yes, and that place with the sheets, the bed sheets. Uh <laughs> But my experience has been really different because it's necessarily a solo experience and therefore has been pretty lonely, actually, in a lot of ways. And I have thought to myself several times, this would be a lot more fun in multiplayer. I it play was, entirely solo too, I'll just say. Yeah. And, and I honestly can't tell you if that has made the story any more interesting to me or not. I think... I'm curious to find out if this is going to be the one where you're actually sort of supposed to become powerful at the end because the end of all the other FromSoft games, like all those endings are kind of famous for being like, eh, you know, you did that. And maybe Except not. For, yeah. Like sorry. Bloodborne where you turn into an old one. Like that's kind of transcending to God well like depending on what ending you get the right? best <laughs> right right but that's my point is that like for people you who not have played... eyes inside of your brain <laughs> who doesn't, who doesn't do that so i just wonder if this is going to be because i like that i like that a lot i like that better than the sort of hero's journey that mm. zelda sends you on for example and 
I am curious to see if this is going to be the one because there have been some hints to me that it felt like, oh, once you put these things together, you will actually be more powerful because there's a, just there's a stronger, I feel like, chosen one aspect mm. for for the player's character in this that is not a comfortable thing for me that I'm hoping it will continue mm -hmm. to lean away from. Well, I will say, and this is sort of a critique, even though I'm enjoying the game, uh, it's definitely like like an enjoyment that's like comfort food in a weird way that mm. Dark Souls shouldn't be or like a Souls game I feel shouldn't be. Um, you know, it's funny that after Dark Souls, they were like, we're gonna be done with this, right? This is This is the end of this situation. And they created Bloodborne, which is very, not completely different, but different enough to be kind of a, kind of a different experience. Um, and then they created uh, Sekiro, right? Which is very different. Um, well, very different. They're playing with similar concepts, but they're, but they're creating variations. And they're also creating different kinds of stories. Um, and my hope would be after this game, I'm still going to enjoy the game. I still love it. Um, and doubtfully, I say comfort food, right? There's a there's probably a lot going on there that I have no idea, obviously. Um, but I'm hoping that they, you know, don't don't fall into the trap. And I think that this this potential this game could potentially signify a trap of just just churning out the same stuff over and over yeah. and over again. Um, so. I mean, though they've all arguably already fallen into that trap. From mm, Software mm -hmm. used to make a much wider range of games um, with mm -hmm. Kingsfield and Armored Core and uh, such. Uh, they're, and, doing, they're doing, by the way, they're doing an Armored Core. That's yeah, that's the rumor, right? Yeah, yeah, but given previous entries of Armored Core that Hidetaka Miyazaki worked on, uh, I think he did four answer, um, one of the last entries on the, in the PS3 series, uh, and then moving into making his and really the studio's name with the Souls series. I think there's good reasons to think that at best, what FromSoft does is make Souls and variations on Souls. And they're the best mm -hmm. in the business at making Souls likes. Uh, there are many, 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 many uh, other Souls likes out there, and I do like From Software is the best, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get Armored Souls uh, in the form of Armored Core, and it'll be closer to playing like a Souls game than an Armored Core game. And so it'll be what? What are those games? Surge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Surge is mm. is a sci-fi variation, um, in a, in a way on uh, on Soul on you know, the Dark Souls formula. And and Roger, I, I get what you mean with the comfort food uh, metaphor, because a lot of my enjoyment in playing this game from the very start was, it's just, it is really comfortable mm -hmm. if you're already a fan of Dark Souls. Like mm -hmm. you slip into the game, and the tutorial area is beautiful and misty and you know you get murdered by some monster and then you wake up somewhere else and then you know you're in this cave and there's a tutorial loop that you could do or not which is pretty dark souls too and there's a whole bunch of stuff going through the game where there is intentionally reused animations 
there's all of these different mm -hmm. elements of it where especially playing in a group of people there's a whole lot of oh this is kind of a bloodborne thing this is kind of a dark souls 3 thing this is kind of a dark souls 2 thing uh and and that is all throughout playing elden ring so far and it's a nice sense of familiarity inside of what is a very often very pretty rendition of uh, those places. And there's a lot of that sense of humor that I really like yeah. and I already was alluding to from, uh, from FromSoft. Most of my deaths have been very funny, uh, in my opinion. Um, so that's, that's all there and it's very nice. But it is also as as you just said yeah it, it's all there and it's very nice and isn't that a little bit off for what mm -hmm. dark souls could otherwise be um yeah i don't I, know what it would that's take. a live question i don't know what it would take but like and 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 of course some of this is me chasing the dragon kind of stuff right <laughs> but i mean but I mean, Dark Souls 1, I was genuinely terrified. Like, I was horrified. Not horrified, but it scared me. It's yeah. a scary game. Um, not just in terms of, like, you know, the, the world itself, but, like, all of the new kind of ways, all of the new difficulties that it introduced into my gaming life. Um, you know, fall, like I remember in the depths kind of being, like, just terrified of um, the uh the lizard things that breathe the basilisks, basilisks. oh yeah. my god, oh my god. The hell out of me didn't they that like, pause one of your playthroughs christian uh i'm trying to remember i think i went past that but then but it definitely was like demoralizing enough that i was just like uh it's so like, horrible yeah. and they and like if you get cursed <laughs> it like takes half of your life away yeah until I, you like get uncursed like, it's just so, it's just, it's just, I, I just remember being like, for a long time, I wouldn't play at all, but I just, it just kept gnawing at me. I was like, mm. oh, I need to have this. I need to check this out, but I'm scared of it too. But like, and, and I think, um, I know I haven't had the same experience as that. And I don't know that that's possible once you establish a kind of, um, a certain system of play. Um, and certain expectations, it may not be possible to reproduce that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I guess I've just found the whole the whole idea, and 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 I think you know games should be accessible. Um, I'm not going to wade into that because I I totally I get the sort of the sort of ableist kind of critique of this idea that the game needs to be get good difficult kind of stuff, right? Like. Um, you should I distinguish very carefully, though, between accessibility and approachability. Because okay. it's a lot okay. of the sort of disability advocates and activists uh, in gaming have been very stringent about that in response to a lot of folks just deploying the term accessibility. Like the, okay. the thing that people are usually talking about, I think you're getting at is approachability which is, mm -hmm. is something sure. I do want to talk about. I, I'm sorry, I didn't want to derail you. Well, and I think that that's a, that's a genuine conversation to have. But I also think that like, um, I think it's easy to like create, to like take away uh, from the experience of what a certain type of game is by trying to appeal to everyone at the same time. 
I read, um, and I think that. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just wanted to offer that I read a really cool piece about that. I was on Rock Paper Shotgun uh, this weekend. It was by Jeffrey Bunting, and it was called um, "Making." It was specifically about Souls games. It was called "Making Souls Games Accessible Is Not the Same as Making Them Easy," and I thought that was a really cool piece that it might be worth looking into onto on that particular hmm. uh front uh, i mean he, he talked about like what if there were options for visually impaired folks where it wasn't gray on gray on gray everywhere mm-hmm. you know like, like the, these kinds of things you don't have to change the way the bosses work in order to make it so that people of all different levels of ocular ability can see what the hell is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Or what if mm-hmm. you could put um, a contrast behind the subtitles? So the subtitles actually come off the screen rather than mm-hmm. blending into the background. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's all different kinds of cool things that anyway, um, the piece was a lot smarter than I am, but I wanted to plug it because I read it this week and I thought it was really cool. And I was hoping I'd have an opportunity on the podcast to suggest it. And and those oh, are good uh, examples of accessibility features, right? Mm-hmm. And there are loads of things mechanically the game designers can and other game design studios have done in order to make games of all different varieties more easily played playable by people with all different levels of physical and bodily ability and disability, right? So, I mean, thinking about everything from uh, MLB The Show uh, to The Last of Us 2, pretty different games in terms of content and style and approach that incorporate a lot of the features, Nate, that you were just talking about. They have a, a lot more options that help them be playable in an accessible way. So if we can take that as the, this is what it would mean to think about accessibility options and then also say, yeah, FromSoft, not as good at that as others say Sony studios uh, like Naughty Dog or Gorilla. Um, okay, that that is one side of the things. And then there is Christian, like you were pointing out that I think is if once we have that as a piece of useful distinction that's what we're talking about when we talk about accessibility then talking about approachability and talking about the style of the game is easier to do mm-hmm. yeah and to be clear like you know i was talking about it earlier that i think this game is you know part of its game success is the open world and the rebranding and bringing george R. R. martin on you know for some kind of writing duty i guess uh if you're somebody out there who's listening and is like, maybe I should play this because I like Game of Thrones, don't bother. Um, <laughs> you the, play the for other reasons. Is like Dark Souls. It's yeah, not, it's, it's yeah. exactly the same. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I I also, I genuinely think that like most of the quote unquote newcomers are going to bounce off of this game. Um, I don't think there's going to be some new big contingent waiting for the next FromSoft game game because of this i think there'll be a sliver um of folks that that will be the case for but I, but i do think this is you know 
so the, the comparison I wanted to bring up, I'm, you know, I'm a literary critic or something. Uh, and so I think in terms of literary and a game well, critic and a game critic, I guess. Um, uh, and, and podcast personality. I am, I am a personality <laughs> and content creator. Influencer. Uh, influencer. influencer. Thank you. That's the word. Uh, but, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, I do think that FromSoft were very, is very much a kind of like modernist touchstone in video games, right? Like they come at a moment where the aesthetic uh, and sort of impetus for graphical fidelity cinematic realism is really kind of cemented itself in games not that it wasn't there before but by the end of the 90s you have you know just graphics technologies and narrative conventions and games that really like cement that and then you have from soft come in and just kind of destroy that in a certain sense and think about you know and even in terms of the content think about what it would mean to like be in the ruins of realism to be in the ruins of some kind of bourgeois society maybe getting back to what you know, Don was hinting at earlier, um, eat the rich and whatnot, but, uh, it, it is a, an actual theme. That wasn't just a, a yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, the point of comparison that just keeps coming to my mind is T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. Uh, I mean, like Dark Souls just has so many things in common in terms of just like reveling in fragments, the sense of humor, uh, the arch and austere quality as well, mixed with a sense of humor, you know? Um, but at the same Hand, point- A handful of dust. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like even just like aesthetically and tonally and everything, I mean, yeah. like, you know, but at the same time, right, like one of the things we know about the history of modernism, right, is you can only run an experiment so often until it starts getting reified, starts getting stilted. And I'm just wondering if what you're suffering from, Roger, is a kind of like exhaustion of an aesthetic that just wasn't inevitable. And that is probably as much the fact that you've had the chance to play a dozen souls likes alongside that, even if they're not as good, right? Even mm -hmm. if like uh, mm -hmm. Mortal Shell can't really compete with, you know, any of the Dark Souls, you know, it's a fine game, but it can't compete with those. Like, there, it is still now a conventional aesthetic. Yeah. I have, sense. I maybe an alternative proposition for you, Christian, and I'll follow you in that same direction. Do you all remember Arcade Fire? Yeah. I've seen them live oh, twice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> and you can say, I, yeah. They quote from T.S. Eliot. That's what times. I was going to say. Yeah. Arcade Fire won a Grammy for an album based on The Wasteland. Yeah, and yeah. my, I don't think that as many people off this game as you're saying. I think that people bounced off of Dark Souls for the reasons that they bounced off of Dark Souls. If that's kind of the, the wasteland of it. But I, my impression of Elden Ring so far, and, you know, one or the other of us is going to be right in the long run. So we can, you know, on episode 42 of this podcast, we can figure it out and one or the other of us can laugh. Um, Put some stakes on it, make a bet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Someone will have to, I don't know, drink a bottle of ketchup or something. Um, but <laughs> Christian doesn't want to lose that bet. <laughs> you see his face. He didn't want I'm going to make that, that game. I'm going to make that game environment so toxic. <laughs> <laughs> but 
there's a feeling for me that Elden Ring has a little bit more approachability to it in that sense that it's a different sort of bigger, more um, kind of bombastic, but also more, in my opinion, approachable. It has checkpoints of 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 this thing. Well, but it has checkpoints besides all players. It's it's the four quartets of video games. No, it's the it's the (laughs) it's the arcade fire adaptation of video games because people. I think if more people knew the four quartets, more people would like them better than the wasteland. But that is better. Yeah, like no, it's not better. It is not better. Oh my god! No, the idea being that. In Dark Souls, you will eventually run into the Capra Demon, and you, I mean, if you want certain things that, it's really hard to progress further in the game without killing the Capra Demon, right? You will eventually either bounce off the Bell Gargoyles or the Capra Demon. And my experience of Elden Ring so far, which was the thing that freaked me out uh, early on, is that when you run into a wall, there is always something else to do. Yeah. There's always something else to go and investigate and explore and look at and do. You will never well, okay, you eventually would, but by the time you've run out of things to look through and poke at on that map, you'd also have leveled up to a point where you probably could get past the the thing. So, I don't know. Maybe people will get tired of it and not like it for other reasons, but I don't think it'll be for the same reasons that people get tired of Dark Souls. I, I think you actually do make a good point, Nate. And, and I certainly think that I will probably stick it out longer and maybe to the end, in fact, in part because of things like simple things like checkpointing, the ability to wander off and do something else. I mean, you know, you can wander in any direction, you know, and find something strange and interesting, right? Like I found myself spending 15 minutes just jumping pillar to pillar on torrent yeah um you know and uh then i found myself at one point just looking at bears you know terrified (laughs) of these bears (laughs) looking at bears christian looks at bears they are the ones that scratch the trees crazy freaking bears and they follow you forever they just keep running after you and they're really fast they yeah. do. They're really freaking fast. You barely run. You can barely outpace them on your horse. Yeah. Yeah. No. They're they're terrifying. Um. They're verifying. Oh. Mm. Uh, no. There's. I, I definitely. I still think people will bounce. And, and you're right. Like it'll just be a. It's going to be a numbers game, and we'll have to see how it plays out. Um. But there are some concessions that are interesting, and and I do think of them as concessions, and I'm happy for them. Right. Like. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I doubt there is going to be a point where we hit a creature that will permanently half our HP unless we get a special item, you know, I could They're be They're never going to do that again. They would like, I would many, be they, thrilled I, if they never do that again. I would love, I I'm so yeah. like, it takes a bit of gusto to do that. And I think they did it. They were able to do it in dark souls because nobody played it except for people who want stuff like that. Yeah, so but I, let's I don't go know. back. Let's let's go back to my talking point, which is uh, four quartets <laughs> is thinly veiled Anglican propaganda. Oh my god! Okay, oh, no, this so is we built this city of modernist poetry. So go. What's your take? Oh boy, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm sorry that I took us down a T.S. Eliot rabbit hole. We should all be shot. Um, 
up against the wall, bourgeois scum. Uh, but uh, oh my god, I've got to find something. Delve into my mind. Delve into my. Uh, I don't ruins. know. If, I don't know if Elden Ring is. I don't know. I don't know. My my sense is just that, in general, it actually does have more approachability. But I, I'm also bad. Uh, well, no. Let me just ask. I mean, Christian. I, I'd like to hear explicitly what you think about this. Like as a person who has unabashedly bounced off of Dark Souls more than once, and as a person who's kind of slid into Elden Ring so far, like I have my impressions, but I'm also like Yeah, you've I've, beat all those games. I, I and 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 I, I liked them. Like I just yeah. not because I felt like I needed to like get good and be awesome. I was just having a good time and so what what do you what do you think has your experience been oh, yeah. that this has been more approachable in any way i think so i genuinely like this game easily better than any other game they've produced um no matter what even if i stopped playing today um early on in the game i would still take away a better experience uh from this game than any of their other games in any moment i've had and that's despite the fact that i've killed much harder bosses um in those other games, right? Like I did the Father Gascon or whatever fight and, you know, I think finished that and maybe one more boss and then called it on Bloodborne. Um, but one, the moments that I've always enjoyed in those games were the moments that you described of emerging from a dark hole in the ground and getting a vista. Um, I actually do quite like the Gothic aesthetic uh that from soft is perfected um and i think that the pastoral dimension of it is much sharper in elden ring which i appreciate um there's a lot of ways in which of course i mean this is very much also like their version of the arthurian saga right mm -hmm. like there's a round table there's like you know this is i mean and even like the kind of narrative arc of it um you know has some resemblances there and I like that. Um, I also think there's a greater spectrum of boss difficulty. Yeah. So there, that means a lot, right? Like I, there are bosses I've just found easy. I should not find any bosses easy in a game like this. Uh, <laughs> there are, there is one boss that I beat the first time, you know, and, and, and he was like a mini boss in a dungeon, you know, uh, but he was set up as a boss, right? And took me one time. There are other bosses that took maybe like five or six times, right? Um, and I know that I'm going to hit like, what's their name? Um, Margit or? Margit. Yeah, Margaret. I know I'm going to hit Margit and I'm, and I'm going to slam my head against the wall. I've been having a good time with Margit. And I, I will beat Margit, but it will take me a while. Um, yeah. But it seems like there is a greater spectrum. And again, there are checkpoints. You are not having to run yeah and beat enemies over and over to get back to a boss the way at least so far the way that you had to in dark souls or something and i very much appreciate that um that being said uh i do want to harp a little bit on the fact that from soft and i think this is actually typical of some japanese studios more generally um but especially from soft just do jack all for accessibility in the broadest sense. Yeah. And the fact that there's not a pause button in this game, I don't care. You can say, oh, but it's online. 
there are dozens of games that know how to do the very minimal asynchronous online stuff that you're sort of like built into this game um, that do it just fine and optional co-op and all that and have a pause. It is, it's kind of insulting, frankly. Um, and frankly, just putting it as somebody with kids and a family and a job, like, you know, I'm going to, like, if I have like an hour, I'm not going to play this game. I'm only going to play this game if I have at least like an hour and a half or something, you know, because there's a good chance that I'll get cut short. Um, in, in, a, in a related yeah. thing, I would love for Elden Ring to have a photo mode. And I think photo in, in many, many respects, you know, I, I can play it as though it has a photo mode. You can easily make it so most of the information on your screen vanishes and things like that. Uh, but but there is no way of taking, uh, you know, shots in this in this lovely world where, you know, you can do things a little more intentionally. Uh, and that is especially relevant because I'm pretty sure that PS5 Demon Souls does, hmm. which goes I mean, to show you can mm-hmm. pause one of these games. You can have a photo mode in one of these games. You can have it in Demon Souls. Even if you can have it in Demon Souls, which yeah. is arguably the most hostile in terms of its design coming first out of any of the Souls output and From's output post Kingsfield and Armored Core, then there are is something I, I agree something uh, that is bullheaded about yeah. not having that kind of thing in uh, in a game that otherwise is meant to be more approachable and yes I think also a little more commercial and thinking yeah. oh no we, we have to preserve this con- self-imposed convention yeah. that we've had in our games where you can't pause the action is I I think very arbitrary um, I don't think that you know, I don't think that the ambiance, I don't think the feeling of the game rests on being able to pause or not. I don't think there would, and, and I think that that is true for a whole range of features that although FromSoft has compromised on some of them by having, say, these checkpoints that you can respawn at instead of bonfires, uh, should you so choose, and they give you the option of where you would like to respawn after your death, and one might be closer than the other to where you died. Things like that do illustrate that there was, you know, there there were some ideas at From of, well, how do we do checkpoints our own way? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll do it like this. And for whatever reason, in the course of the development of Elden Ring, they didn't have those ideas for a wide range of things that would be actually more impactful uh, on the enjoyment of their game for a wider range of audiences. So, Mm -hmm. right, they thought, oh, yeah, let's put in these, you know, stakes for checkpoints and things like that, and we'll rename bonfires Touches of Grace, uh, and maybe that'll have something to do with the Arthurian thing, and maybe something Anglican uh, about <laughs> it as well. Uh, boom! Uh, yes. But... Time present and time yes. past are both perhaps present and time future. Just say. Yes. <laughs> there you go. The fire, the fire the and the rose are one. The no. fire and the rose are one. That's no. total Anglican propaganda. I'm hey. leaving. Hey. I'm leaving. <laughs> But I, right, so if, if FromSoft is willing to be flexible in those areas and then not in some other areas that I think would have actually even less of an impact on the game, then yeah, I, I, 
I do think there's something stubborn in a way that I don't appreciate about it. And I think it would be easy to implement because it's already been implemented in one of their games before. And just to be clear, um, I really, really like this game. Uh, and it probably will be easily in my top five games of the year, if not just simply my number one. Um, I have a hard time imagining that many things will give it a run for its money. Although oh, Kirby am... is going to swallow this game whole for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like a car, like a I actually, bug, Kirby's going to gobble it up. I, I am very enchanted by the possibilities of Kirby. I'm actually really looking forward to Weird West at the end of this month uh... because it's by a studio that spun off of Arcane and I think will be a better Arcane game than Arcane's last game, uh, at least for me. What was, um, what was Arcane's last game? Deathloop. Uh, oh. which i know people love but and i, I don't get it liked, like but it I, wasn't great um i can imagine like here's the thing about that loop that loop i can totally get people <laughs> who say like podcast <laughs> well like i can totally get people saying like it's interesting it does new things and it adds new stuff it is not the best game that everyone says i just no way no not even close like it's not it's like it's not polished enough it needs to have be a much more it's like some brilliant person came to you with their first draft of an essay and you're like, yeah, this is interesting, but does it really hold together? Not really. See, I don't disagree, uh, Roger. And I actually think that weirdly, despite your best efforts, it brings me back to what we were talking about, um, which is that <laughs> the one thing, the one reason that, you know, and I know this is the thing that people love about FromSoft games, that FromSoft games like, will always feel a little lacking to me to some degree is that they, you know, their narrative is always sort of impoverished relative to their lore. They're, they're the kings of lore uh, and their stories are always just like regurgitated kind of boring um, things. And, but again, the way in which they nonetheless produce this like narrative architecture, these spots, these like places that house like miniature stories is what makes it so great. And so the only thing that I can't imagine like competing is like right now, I like I enjoy Horizon Forbidden West a lot as an open world game, despite the fact that some of its Ubisoft qualities, it's many, many check marks, it's many, many, you know, side quests are just like overdone and kind of I just ignore them at a certain point. But it's got a kick-ass story uh, that is also, you know, basically a send-up of Silicon Valley um, that I was not expecting from it. Um, and that I'm really enjoying. And so I'm curious if maybe this will be the game that I turn around on in terms of FromSoft and be like, oh, wait, like there is maybe more to their narrative structures and I'm giving them credit for um, which is, a, I guess, I mean, the nicer way of putting it is that FromSoft deals in the kind of like lyrical quality and not a narrative, right? They deal with like little lyrical moments of beauty and sublime, whatever. All that and crap. All that crap. Lyrical ballads. Yeah. Not ballads. <laughs> no, just moments. Ballads. Fine. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'll never get me to care about like the bosses and the way that some people care about them and try to like figure out what the story behind all of it is, even as I like the impression that they leave on me. I don't know. I actually really, really like that your character 
doesn't matter. Like it, yeah. it, it like functionally, yeah. you're like there. My one of my favorite things like about Elden Ring so far is the place where you can completely redo your character, your whole character's whole appearance anytime you want. Um, not uh, obviously not like your clothes and armor and stuff, but like you can just go, you can change your name, you can change your face, you can change anything you want about your character at any time uh, at a mirror in whatever that staging place is with that, the room with the weird hugging lady. Um, and I I love that because it completely sort of decenters like you, your character, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It isn't the big hero that saves everything and solves everything, which again, maybe the, the game story will end up going that direction. But I love that you like your character is almost inconsequential and almost always ends up in these situations more or less by accident i think that's that's a narrative framing device that Mm -hmm. i like well and i would say i would say that like i kind of am going to agree with both of you in the sense that like i think there is a kind of like i always go back to dark souls one in which the story is like, it's like this weird thing where you're this person who, or you're an undead, you're undead, you're not even alive, right? Um, who who travels to this land and there's this narrative there. Like you have to, you have to, uh, you have to go and find the two bells, but the narrative keeps changing. It keeps like, like, yeah. oh no, there's actually another place for you to go and you have to ring this other bell. And then you do that and you're going through, you're dying all the time. You're going through all of the suffering. Um, and then and then, and then, then finally you ring the two bells and then somebody says, oh, you have to like light the first flame. And the narrative, what's interesting, especially in the first one is it keeps getting larger and larger and yeah. less and less meaningful as you go through mm-hmm. the game. Um, and you start to notice at the end is that maybe that maybe this is not, what you think it is maybe the the story is just something people tell themselves in order to reassure themselves that what they're doing has meaning rather than just kind of going through this endless cycle of death having said that and this is where i'll agree with christian you can only kind of tell that story once and i feel like i mean i know that i'm kind of contradicting myself but i feel like they keep repeating themselves and in a way it's like okay, I've been through the nihilist song and dance before. What else can you show me kind of thing? And I haven't seen, I mean, Bloodborne and Sekiro aside, I think those are a little different in terms of narrative, but I haven't seen a kind of alternative to that. And I, maybe there isn't one, but what else are you going to do from, you know? I'm curious, on? like, I mean, I think, you know, so folks know this is a game that we'll come back to and pro- and probably both on the general show, maybe like spin off and do a couple extra sort of dedicated episodes as well. Um, especially if we all get through it or some of us get through and some of us watch Let's Plays. Um, <laughs> I totally Nate. legitimately. Uh, Nate, you're gonna, you've already given um, up. Uh, you know me, I'm a big quitter. I did, actually, I did, I did quit Bloodborne at the last boss because I didn't care about how the story ended, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, that makes you a bad person. Um, did but, you do the DLC? No. I, oh, how so many good. times do I have to say 
I'm not spending extra money on things I already own. Now, I suppose the DLC is a little bit different, but whatever. Christian was trying to go somewhere. I'm sorry, Christian. Oh, I was just going to say, I do wonder if there's more room for like some kind of like hopeful note in this game than I've seen in Dark Souls or Bloodborne. I um, hope not. Oh my gosh. I just wonder. I would that. Um, that would make my little teenage gothy guy go get really mad. I would get really angry. If all you have stomping this, around. Well, let's try hope, you know? I really hope that it ends basically like the end of the Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> but like even more hunky-dory than that, none of that like kicking the fascists out of town stuff, just like they yeah. get back. Oh, you mean the you mean Peter Jackson's the, version? The Peter Jackson's ending yes. where, the, where yes. the new fascists take over. Yeah. Um, they just eat two dinners and they call it a day and we're done. <laughs> That's how I want this game to end. Hey, can I ask a, I have a fun question. My my question is because I'm tired of hearing about poems and shit. Um, my That's question fair. is, uh, <laughs> um, highs and lows, just like just like one one high and one low, like a really great part, and then a really dumb or bad part. And I can start. My I, I actually I have two really great parts. One is I'm pretty sure. And you all can fact check me on this, okay? I'm pretty sure I saw a sheep, like a mountain goat, roll up like yes. an armadillo. Yes, you did. And roll off a cliff. <laughs> and that made my day. That was a wonderful, just great moment. Um, and then also, depending on the bosses that you're up to and where you're at in the game my real high is the just outrageous level of summoning capability mm -hmm. that your character has even when you're playing solo yeah. in this game like i have earlier today i was fighting a boss where i had some wizard guy who came with and then like three or four wolves like ghost wolves running around and chomping on the boss's ass and me like running around and kind of and kind of hacking at him from behind and whatever and i had this moment in there where i was like this is like mario party i'm just like i'm having you get what i mean i keep saying <laughs> yes. these games are a party you <laughs> yes. get it Oh but there's also this kind of off. like there's this kind of thing about these games like when you're when i think maybe it's because you feel kind of weak uh, when you're by yourself but when you're in a big group and you're just like what it's like a mob thing where you're just like yeah you know mess shit up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like and <laughs> they just die instantly and it's so like it's such a power trip it's so interesting but even by myself I love that I can summon animal friends to come yeah. to my aid in certain bosses. And I loved how chaotic and mm -hmm. wild that all got in a way that I feel like other uh, Souls games have not necessarily given themselves permission to be, at least in single player, uh, especially with the ghost animals. That really really made my day and then my low point was probably when i opened a chest and it teleported me somewhere fucking horrible instead of giving <laughs> me a nice item and i hated that oh uh, you and had that happen to you 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I heard about that. That happened. Really that's what dumb. happened to me the first day, and like I, I thought I was tripping. Like, Roger's high point is Nathan. <laughs> it was so dumb and bad. Uh, and it's so and, good. <laughs> I mean, I it's would so also, amazing. I would also say that in in kind of. Mm, I wouldn't say my first hour, but probably in my second hour of playing the game, I did have a couple experiences that were just like, how many hours am I going to spend running away from things? Like seeing yeah. cool stuff that I cannot get close enough to actually look at because I will die and just constantly running and getting chased. I really <laughs> did get tired of getting chased after a certain point, but I realized that there's an area relatively early on in the game that it's really, really, really essential to clear out. And once I had gone through it and cleared it out, and things got a lot better for me. So those are mine. Does anyone else have any fun, high or low points from the game? Or does the podcast well, end there? I will I will mention I do think that 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 I don't there there I've actually gone I've just actually found two uh, teleporting uh chests which one were were you referring to Nate? i ended up i woke up in a horrible swamp oh wow i woke up in this like weird like mine have you been to the mine because that's I, some crazy horrible stuff oh i don't know i've been in a mine but i loved it, it because no, there were this, there were like a oh, weapon upgrade items everywhere and that was yeah, awesome. Been, I think I think I've been to that one. This is like the mine from hell because like everyone hits you and you die with one thing. And there are these oh, no. weird like like cockroach mage things that on mm. are also are like really really jumpy and then they shoot yes. needles at you. Yes. That are homing. They home yes. in on you. Okay. What so is that? Here's what happened, Roger. <laughs> As I do because I'm an expert at these things. I ran past all that. I sprinted past all those bastards. And guess what's at the other end? A horrible swamp. Oh, it's a right, horrible yeah. swamp that you don't want to be in. And so, you know, if you decide to sprint past those bastards, I'll let you know there's a horrible swamp on the other side and you're going to wish you hadn't gone there either. Um, my other really fun time was like my friend, I play with my friend Archon. Sometimes he'll be like, I went to this one thing and I'll be like, where'd you go? And I'll follow him. And he was like, I found this great place to farm. And uh, so I went to this place. I think it's like the beasts something. Um, anyway, you go out and there's this huge angel monster who's apparently this huge boss. You're supposed to run around this angel person, which I didn't do the first five or six times I went, I just died instantly. It's like a really high level place. And you go out and there are these tiny little goblin people just walking around, like they're having a fun time. And you're like, oh, this looks like an easy kill. And you go up and I swear to God, they one shot you every time. And it's just <laughs> like, it's just like, they're crazy. And they, you can barely hit them. Like it's impossible to hit them because they're so tiny and they like are sorcerers and like jump around and stuff. Like it was like one of the worst experiences of my life, and I loved it. I absolutely it sounds like you got what you deserve. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I loved it. Oh. I just love those moments where you're like, oh, this is fun. They, these people look fun. And then you just die. Like it's just like, you know, that's Dark Souls to me. Like it's it's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I just what like do you think? bouncing around 
uh, on Torrent and like those like moments where you're just like in the air, like up high, bouncing from column to column between cliffs, you know. Uh, I like shooting up into the air on those air currents that will uh, send Torrent flying up. Um, yeah, those are definitely high points for me. Um, yeah, and just a pastoral wilderness and a little forest and watching the ocean crash against that. I mean, I wish I could just remove all the enemies from the game. <laughs> I do like at least how all the bosses. Much more lively uh the world is yeah. in terms of things like rolling sheep, in terms yeah. of all the, all the pastoral <laughs> yes. stuff. There the addition of just like harmless livestock and and beasts and things like that uh is is really great um, i love those and, shiny like puff balls that will yeah. refill potions yeah yeah these these resource uh things but but i i do love the animations that they have in fact i love the i love the animations in this game uh period i love the way that things move old and new um but it's not 60 frames per second oh not yeah not consistently not not unless you play the PS4 version on, the on PS5. PS5. That's that's their your performance hack uh for for this game, which I'm not doing. Come on. Yeah, uh me either. What, whatever. No, right? I'm not either. I'm, oh, wait, I'm not I have another one. I have another one. It's your PS performance hack. Hey. Oh. There it is. <laughs> See, if I have to listen to you all say the words frames per second at all ever i get to do a joke that's the rule that i'm making for the podcast sorry don that's fair Carry <laughs> so on. so all, all of those those things are great uh and my favorite moments in the game are either uh the alluded to wide range of comedic deaths which often make my mm. partner laugh out loud <laughs> um, and it would be at my expense, except that they're just funny, period. I mean, like when you run through a crowd of guards and giants and like ballista fire and your death is that you are you are a pincushion and eight <laughs> things stab you from different directions at once. And it's extreme overkill by any definition. Right. That's hilarious. That's my favorite. The overkill is my favorite thing about all of these games. Like you can't just die once, but they have to keep coming after you. Yeah, yes. there, there's a mini boss so that is also just a, an enemy out in the world, which Prum likes to do, which has like a pumpkin, giant pumpkin head as its like oh, yeah. helmet. And it has an attack where if it knocks you down, it will slam its head. It'll headbutt the ground that you're on <laughs> repeatedly just to make sure that you know that it wasn't just you dying from its axe or whatever it has. No, no, you died from its hilariously stupid helmet crashing into you repeatedly. That is the last... You know it. The last moments of your consciousness reflect upon this this head that keeps bashing you into the ground. <laughs> I, I love that stuff, man. It's it's so funny. There there are the people, the animators at FromSoft have a great sense of humor that transcends throughout their games, and I love the moments, you know, like in Dark Souls Three, where you have like a skeleton. You're on a bridge, and a skeleton 
drills into you horizontally like it's been fired out of a cannon, but it's spinning. <laughs> and right. there's no yeah, reason for that. It's, it's <laughs> funny. It's it's like dark fantasy gothic slapstick. And that is also what I get out of the multiplayer. Um, yes. And it, it's so, it, Nate, you're, you're spot on. That is the feeling. There's just chaos and bullying. And like, you know, someone, one of my friends pulls out a, a whip. And then there's the other friend who's a huge Castlevania fan. And they're like, where did you get that whip? And <laughs> we have to run off to some castle because they're just desperate to see the whip animations. <laughs> that's that's what this game is for me, and yes. I, I love it. <laughs> I don't think there's a better moment we could end on than that.